but when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I recognize that for some of you, immediately you go, whoop, Pentecostal church talking about the Holy Spirit, and you start to get nervous. Um, I'm here to tell you that today, my, my goal of today's message is that that wall falls down as you come to an understanding of who the Holy Spirit actually is. Um, so, you know, you may have heard stories. Uh, you may have seen things that were inappropriate. Um, you may have been in an environment before where you go, that doesn't look right. And I want to tell you right now that it probably wasn't right. Um, just because something takes place in a church doesn't mean it's of God. Okay, all right, that needs to be said, uh, because sometimes we go, oh, it happened in a church, that's what, that's what this denomination is about. That's it. No, no, that's one of the reasons we talked about we wanted to be United Church, uh, not that we're not Assembly of God, we are Assembly of God, uh, but you can go to an Assembly of God church in Kentucky, and they are a very different church than we are here. And so we wanted to just be who we are, but maintain our beliefs and what we believe about the Holy Spirit. So, you know, Pentecostal church stories. Maybe you've heard about snakes. No, no, that's when, you take a, that's when you take a scripture out of its context and you go, well, listen, you know, it happened when Paul was bit and now those who handle snakes will not have to... No, that is stupid and foolish and not the way you apply scripture to your life, okay? So if you're like, he's going to pull it. No, it's not happening. It's not ever happening. Um, you know, you, you might have heard stories about, you know, people running and people dancing and shouting and people getting highly emotional, right? You, you've heard of tongues and you hear all of these things that are associated in some way, good or bad, and you go, I don't know how I feel about this. The purpose of this entire series is to make you go, this is behind me and this is who the Holy Spirit is. And this is what he desires for me. Not, and, and for some of you, I'm here to tell you right now, um, you know, Pastor Julie, while we were at the wedding, one of the things they did is they went and uh, she was bridesmaid. So her and my two sisters, they went and got their nails done at this nail salon. And um, at this nail salon, what took place was she said the person doing her nails was watching a show the entire time. On his phone, had his headphones in, was watching a show the entire time while he was doing her nails. When he was checking her out, he wouldn't even look at her. So sure enough, she left a terrible Google review of letting them know how she felt about that place. Um, I'm here to tell you that I know my wife, and she will for sure get a manicure again. Even though she had a terrible experience getting a manicure, she will get a manicure again. Why? Because just because you had one bad experience does not mean it should ruin everything in regards to what you should expect in that environment. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, what has happened over time is that we hear stories or we experience something and we go, hold up, I don't want anything to do with that, and we just cut the Holy Spirit off. I assure you when you do that, the devil has won at dividing you from what God desires for you. And instead of looking at it as, a, I don't want anything to do with this, we say, you know what, that was wrong, but that's not who the Holy Spirit is. And so we, my, my goal in this series is to help you understand that this is something that should take place and this is something that shouldn't take place. And now I'm here to tell you as, as pastor that there are things that I've dealt with behind the scenes since I've been here. I, I've gone to somebody and said, hey, 
that's, that's not actually the proper time to be doing this. This isn't, this isn't the order in which God is moving in our service. And one of the other things we have to understand, in 1 Corinthians 14, when Paul is talking about gifts of the Spirit and manifestations of the Spirit, one of the things he says is that our God is a God of order. A.K.A., we're not just messaging in tongues and prophecy, and it's not, not happening all over the place. Why? Because our God is a God of order. And he, like, when, in case you didn't know this, like, we have a service order here, right? Now, that service order is just like, hey, these are things we need to get done. But also, in our service order, we have time built in where it's like, hey, if God wants to move and do something here, we're ready. But our God is a God of order. He's not, you're not going to walk into a church service here and go, I don't understand what is happening. Why? Because as a pastor, my dream for you is that you actually understand what is happening. So, everybody feel a little bit more at ease and you go, okay, this is going to be exciting. All right, so if the Holy Spirit, one of the things we have to first cover is what the Holy Spirit is not. Now, first of all, I'm going to say something right off the bat. I titled this series, Who is Holy Spirit for a reason? Not who is the Holy Spirit, but who is Holy Spirit? Because we wouldn't say, who is the Jesus? That would sound a little weird, right? As we all chuckle and laugh. Who is the Doug Chalker? Who, who is the Jonathan Taylor? Like, it sounds weird, right? Now, when we're talking about Holy Spirit, one of the things I'm going to encourage you to do, and this is one of the things that I will do in this entire series, is that there will be times where I say the Holy Spirit, and then there will be times where I refer to Holy Spirit. Why? Because outside of the church, if you say, well, I was talking with Holy Spirit the other day, they're going to go, what? So what we do is we speak their language, right? We speak their language and you say, well, it was amazing how the Holy Spirit spoke to me the other day, and this is what happened. Right? I wouldn't say it was amazing to me how the James Taylor spoke to me, and this happened. But, but to the outsider, you speak so that they understand. So you'll hear me do both. So the first thing we have to do, though, is we have to understand what the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not a bunch of midichlorians that have made, if anyone, nobody... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, got, I got some friends in the room. Everybody else is like, shut up, Pastor. Midichlorians are what make up the force in Star Wars. Okay. So we don't have, we don't have a force that is acting upon uh, nature and the world. The Holy Spirit is not a force. Okay. The Holy Spirit, as, and I love my friend uh, Ty Buckingham, the Holy Spirit is not a bird. Right? When you read in Scripture, when, when the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, as a dove, it doesn't say that the Holy Spirit descended as a dove. It was like. It symbolized it was close to. And that's the best way that it could be described. Also, and I just failed at this, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. Part of the Godhead. We wouldn't say it, Jesus. Jesus... It did amazing things in my life. No, Jesus did amazing things in my life. He's a person. Holy Spirit is a person. What does that mean for us? Well, what that means for us is that we can have a relationship with Holy Spirit. And it's not just something that happens randomly, but because Holy Spirit is a person, 
just as Jesus is person, part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we can have relationship with Holy Spirit in such a way that it will affect our life. In fact, I would argue that Holy Spirit is the most neglected part of the Godhead in prayer, yet is the most important part of Godhead in our life here on earth. Yes, Jesus made a way, but Holy Spirit is continuing to make a way. And that's what we're going to talk about. So the series purpose, to refresh us. To refresh us to a point where maybe, maybe you've been a person who has held Holy Spirit at bay and held Pentecostal churches at bay. And I just, I just want you to be refreshed and go, oh, this is what it should feel like. Can you bring me down just a little bit, Chloe, in my microphone? Thank you. I want you to be, for some of you, I want you to be renewed. Maybe at one point in your life, you were just on fire and you were geared up for what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in your life and you need to be renewed in this series. And you just need to say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. And then for all of us, my prayer is that you wouldn't be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to dive into. So part of understanding the Holy Spirit, is it dad again? Classic. You miss, you miss one week of church. That's what happens. Go to a wedding. Forget turn your phone. No, it's all good. It was a funny. I actually turned his phone off at the wedding last week, Mom, in case you didn't know that. Um, I knew that. I love you, Dad. So anyway, so the other, like, the other part of this is the tag awaken. Um, and the reason why I say awaken is just like a lot of times when we're talking about things we think we know about but we don't know about, we need to be awakened. Our eyes need to see clearly. We need to hear clearly who Holy Spirit is. So my prayer with this series is that you are awakened to the Holy Spirit and what he has for you. Now I'm going to tell you right now, today is going to be a different day because I'm going to dive into a lot of different scripture because I believe that scripture is authoritative and it reveals who God is. So rather than teaching a passage, I'm going to hit you with a lot of different scripture references for the purpose of helping you shape and understand the Holy Spirit for who he is. Does that make sense? All right, first thing is this, Acts 1-4. Jesus is not just in the Gospels, he's also in the beginning of Acts before his ascension. And when Jesus is talking with the disciples on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. So what you have to understand here is that the disciples have been taught by Jesus himself. They have walked with him for a couple of years. They understand who Jesus was. They've seen him in his resurrection. They understand the authority and power Jesus has. And they are geared up because they already had practice when Jesus was discipling them that he already had sent them out to take God to the people, right? Through witnessing, through miracles, through message. And now they are ready to go like more than ever before because they understand what the authority that they have in Jesus Christ. But what Jesus is saying to them is, listen, I know that you know, I know that you've seen, I know that you've heard, and I know that you have the passion, but I'm telling you, wait. You ever been like geared up for something, just ready to go, and it's just not the time yet? Uh, this morning, 
I went back to Chloe probably six times and just sat there and she's like, do you need something? I said, no, I just want to preach. I just, I'm ready to go, but it's not the time. I think about like playing sports. There were certain days when I was just fired up and I just wanted to hit somebody across the line. Like I just wanted, I just wanted to get on the line and hit somebody. That wasn't every day, but it was, it, it happened, right? We know what that feels like. And this is what the disciples, they're just ready to go. And Jesus says, wait for the gift that the Father has promised. Church, I, I want to assure you of something. I think all too often we rely on what we know, what we've seen, what we've heard, and not enough on waiting on the gift of the Spirit and His timing for what He wants to do in us. Acts 1.8 says, Jesus, once again, speaking to the disciples, as he's already talked about this gift just a few verses later. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is coming. You have to wait for him and he's coming to bring power. Bring power to your life. But the purpose of that power is to be a witness. Now, what is a witness? A witness is somebody who has observed. A person who has witnessed is somebody who has seen and experienced, right? We, that's, that's what the purpose of the power is to be a more credible and more authoritative witness to who Jesus is and what and who God is. And so when the Holy Spirit comes as a gift to empower, what's amazing is that they already are witnesses. But what Jesus, the one who rose from the grave, said is, listen, if you want to be a witness that makes a difference with power, you wait for the Holy Spirit. You know, this past week, I once again... Um, come across a story. It's not national, at least not yet. I hope not, but come across another story of a ministry and an individual who has failed morally and took place over time. And it's like heartbreaking and upsetting because I was like there. I knew this individual. I wasn't friends with this individual because I knew something was wrong. Didn't know it was that wrong. Um, and then last night I was uh, reading a book called Why Revival, I believe it's Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. And one of the things that he talks about is this. He says, we have pulpits that are full of pastors who know of God, but we don't have closets full of men and women who are willing to pray, who truly know God. The Holy Spirit is somebody who works within so that when you step into a place to be a witness to who Jesus is, the authority is there. Leonard Ravenhill, he would argue that as a pastor, you can, you can speak the perfect message, you can time things amazing, you can give illustrations, and people will leave 
and they will flock to, and they will be transformed because of what they know. But the problem is that we have a ton of people in our churches who know of God, but they don't know Holy Spirit. They don't know God. They just know of Him. Because the problem is that Holy Spirit is not something that can be explained, not someone that can be explained, but He's truly someone that can only be experienced and encountered. trying to think of an individual. Okay, I, I have this friend. I'm going to try to describe him, but there's no way you're going to fully understand him. We had this friend uh, in college. His name was The Chad. <laughs> Literally, that was what we called him, The Chad. Um, Chad was a cool guy, very laid back, but there were parts of The Chad that would just like, they were just weird. Like one time I woke up, it was like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Maybe I was still up. I don't know what it was. It was college. Um, so maybe I'd stayed up playing video games or something, but the, the hallway lights that were off all the way, but there was one center light that was still on at this time. And I walk out into the hallway, I'm heading to the bathroom and I just see this skinny figure all the way across the hall. We're talking like 75 yards. And I just see this silhouette of a man and he's just standing there like this. And I'm like, this is really creepy because <laughs> they're just standing there. I was like, I have no, I like, I know everybody on this floor who is this? And then his head began to tilt. He's <laughs> like, morning, the Chad. How you doing? I said, I'm doing good, JT. The Chad would come and sit down at lunch when you were finished with your lunch and ask if he could sit there. And then you'd sit there another 25, 30 minutes for him to eat his one sandwich because um, he ate slow. The Chad was an amazing person, but he was just extremely unique. And I can describe him as best as I can, but I assure you, you do not know the Chad. Only I do. And see, the problem is all too often we have churches full of people who know Jesus and know Holy Spirit in that way. They've heard of him. They know of who he is. They understand that the Holy Spirit exists. But they've never actually pushed in and stepped forward and said, I want to know Jesus. I want to know Holy Spirit. Yeah, crew let one go right there. I, that, like, that's, that's something that we experience all the time, right? Where we're just like, it's, I had a, there was a great message today. I, 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 I love, listen, I love, when people are like, man, that was a great message today. What I love more is when people walk out of service and go, man, I met with Jesus today. The purpose of this church and my purpose as a pastor is not so you hear me and go, that was great. It's so that you hear what Jesus is doing and what Holy Spirit desires for you and you actually walk in that. Now, for some of you, you go, that sounds weird, right? I don't want to feel God. No, no, no. You, you, you feel God. Trust me, as somebody who has felt God his entire life, and then for a season, I, it was like his spirit had been taken away, which obviously it wasn't. But I assure you, you can feel the Holy Spirit in your life. So he wants to empower you. Romans 8, 9 says this. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So, 
Here we're talking about Holy Spirit is within you. He is transforming the way that you live and that you are no longer desiring the things of the flesh, sinful things. Instead, you're desiring what the Spirit has for you. But one of the things you have to understand here, you are in the realm of the Spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you. So understand, the Holy Spirit, if you are a follower of Jesus, lives in you. Now, if you choose to recognize him or not, that's on you. That's your fault for missing out on what he has for you. But the Holy Spirit lives in you. So what does that mean for our life? I'm glad you asked. Romans 8, 1 through 4 says this, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So Holy Spirit in you means this. Jesus has set you free on the cross. Holy Spirit sets you free every day. Understand, Jesus sets you free on the cross. Holy Spirit sets you free every day. He empowers you to walk in authority to say, this is who I was, but I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is empowering me to live differently. So my life will look different. And because it looks different, it is a confirmation of what Jesus has already done. Now, if you choose to give your life to Jesus and be set free from sin, and then not accept the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is this. The gift of the Holy Spirit, as in He's living in you, happens the moment you give your life to Jesus. But the gift of the Holy Spirit providing freedom for you every day is something you have to accept every day. And if we don't accept that gift, we all too easily can fall back into lying, cheating, gossiping. I mean, just fill in the blank. Holy Spirit has come to make you whole. Um, so it begins with forgiveness from Jesus, but it's, so this is freedom, but it's sustained through the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this, These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So Holy Spirit is not only here to give you freedom, but the Holy Spirit is also here to reveal things to you There's a gift of the Holy Spirit called discernment. And what happens in discernment is, you know, it might be a person. Like I talked a little while ago, right, about how this individual who I know who had been doing terrible things. I was like, I don't want to be around that person. I don't want to associate with that person. I don't want to partner in ministry with that person. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in that moment had revealed to me something's off here and I don't want to be a part of it. Now that doesn't happen all the time. I worked for a man. (laughs) just trade up. And I was like, I wish I never worked for him. Now I'm glad I did because it put me on a different journey, but it was rough. The Holy Spirit though, searches deep things of God that we would never know. 
and reveals them to us. So the Holy Spirit brings freedom. The Holy Spirit reveals things. John 16, 13 says this, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. Holy Spirit leads and guides because the Holy Spirit knows. You know, I talk all the time about this dichotomy of the fact that you are not enough in and of yourself and your flesh, but because of Christ in you, you are enough. You are not able in your flesh to accomplish things that God has laid before you, but because of Holy Spirit in you, you can. So, we're set free because of the Holy Spirit, we are led by the Holy Spirit, and we are revealed things by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 6 through 8. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind, I just read that one verse. <laughs> no, I did not. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Verse 8. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Understand something. Holy Spirit brings peace. Not knowledge of the Holy Spirit, not knowledge of who Jesus is. Holy Spirit himself brings peace. You know, one of the things I, I loved one time, I was, I was actually at a men's conference, and I believe we were together for this one. Um, there was a pastor, and he said, you know, people would always come to him for counseling on a specific thing. He'd be like, hey, like, pastor, I've got this happening in my life, or pastor, I've got this happening in my life. And he said, you know what I learned early on? He said, I refuse to talk to them if they haven't spent time with the Holy Spirit. That's the way he said it. If, if, if they haven't spent time with Holy Spirit, if they haven't spent time in prayer, then there is no purpose in me meeting with that person. Why? Because I cannot reveal to a person what they need, but Holy Spirit can. So, Here's something you have to understand. I talk about this all the time. I believe in counseling. Counseling changed my life. I believe in medication. Medication continues to change my life. <laughs> I take blood pressure medicine. I used to, I took anti-anxiety for a season. I did, right? People like talk down about this stuff. I had, I had to get my life and body right. My wife takes it consistently. But we should not rely our medication to be our peace. Our peace and our life come through the Holy Spirit. See, the problem is we reverse it as we go medicine first and then Jesus. No, no, no. It's Jesus and Holy Spirit first and then medication. It's Jesus and Holy Spirit first and then counseling. It's Jesus and Holy Spirit first and then healthy conversations with fellow believers who are God and going to guide me with wisdom. Why? Because Jesus and Holy Spirit can reveal to you what you actually need. Now, sometimes people have the wisdom, right? I've had many people help me in life, but I assure you, Holy Spirit has helped me way more. Our first response should always be prayer. Say it one more time. Our first response should always be prayer. Now, here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some enemies of peace. Um, uncontrollable circumstances, right? They are an enemy 
of peace. Now, I'm going to be real honest with you. This is probably my main one. An uncontrollable circumstance is a circumstance that I wish I could control, uh, but I can't, obviously, because it's uncontrollable. Uh, but they rob you of peace, right? Every, any, every, everybody has been in this situation before, and there is nothing that anybody could ever say to you. I assure you there, there is no book that you could ever read Notice how I said no book you could ever read because I would also include the Bible in that. Because you can read the Bible, but if you're not interacting with the Holy Spirit as you read it, then it is worthless to you. I'm serious. So what we say before we read is we go, Holy Spirit, would you enlighten and illuminate these words so that they transform me? So that as I'm reading them, I am reading them as if you are speaking to me. And that's not just reading, that's a conversation with God himself. Uncontrollable circumstances, unchangeable people. Now listen, these don't rob me of peace. These just make me want to fight. Unchangeable people drive me bonkers. We talked about one this morning. Drive me bonkers. Like seriously, why? Because, you know, as somebody who is 33 years old, I know I have not lived a long life. But one of the things I've learned is that I definitely don't always have it right. Now, I have it right most of the time, more than most people, but for real. I'm kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit. Um, but for real, like unchangeable people. Here's, here's the truth in this. I said, none of us are perfect, and we should all be changing. And so we should all be growing and developing. And I assure you that Holy Spirit is transforming you from within. And so if you're an unchangeable person, that unchangeable people are going to rob you of peace if you allow them to, because the Holy Spirit in you says that people should be. But what's amazing about the Holy Spirit and how he shapes the way you view unchangeable people is you go from anger I don't, I don't know if this is the right word, but pity. You feel bad. You feel bad that they don't have that transformation power living within. The last one be unanticipated problems. One of my life goals is to be prepared for anything, right? I'm a royal ranger. Ready for anything. Ready to work, play, serve, worship, live, and obey God's word. That's the motto of rangers in case you didn't know. But unanticipated problems, man, when they just, they just pop up out of nowhere and you're like, I did not expect this. Maybe it's a diagnosis. Maybe it's a person that says something and brings something up and it robs you of peace. But what the Holy Spirit does is he, he listen, I, I've been in this situation again since I've been here, is that there was this major, major problem that was about to arise and Holy Spirit woke me up at 3 a.m. and gave me something that prepared me for an unanticipated problem. So in the moment when everything should have crashed in my heart and my mind, Jesus and the Holy Spirit had already prepared me so that I could be in that moment. And when my life should have crashed down according to the plan of the enemy, instead I was built up because Holy Spirit had spoken to me of things I did not know. John 14, 26 and 27 but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I did not, do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
Holy Spirit has come to empower you. He's come to lead you and guide you. He's come to keep you in freedom. And he has come to give you peace. But one of the things you have to understand, if you can go back to verse 26, Chloe, the advocate, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, God himself, is not your assistant. He is your advocate a.k.a. he is going to call you up. You don't tell him what to do. He tells you. He's an advocate. What's amazing about an advocate is not only do they call you up, but they also fight for you. They go ahead of you. They prepare you. And they know the plan. Why? Because they have searched, he has searched the deep things of God. And I'll tell you what, that's an advocate I want in my life. And I'd rather them not be my assistant because the amount of knowledge and wisdom that I have is considered foolishness in the eyes of the one who knows all. So I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is my advocate, not my assistant, because when I want something I shouldn't, I want Holy Spirit to say no. Isaiah 26.3, we're going to hit these last ones real quick. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Psalm 119.165, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. What all the scripture teaches is that what God has for you is freedom. Through Jesus, sustained through the Holy Spirit. What God has for you is peace through His Holy Spirit for every situation in your life. You can walk through the deepest valley possible and the Holy Spirit can give you peace. Why? I don't know how, I don't know why. And I don't need to know. What I do know is I've experienced it. And that's what I'm trying to get out today. Is it the Holy Spirit? You can hear about Him all you want, but until you've experienced Him, until you've had an encounter with Him, it's not fully understandable. Luke eleven thirteen. 13, this will be my last scripture for the day. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Worship team, can you come this morning? How much more will Holy Spirit be given to you? Because what does God, what does Jesus want to give you? He wants to give you the best. He wants to give you the good things. And so He has chosen to give you His Holy Spirit. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to be your advocate. To bring peace. To bring comfort. Understand that the Holy Spirit gives peace within, maintains freedom within, and empowers within. I'm not ashamed to say, but it's true. There are there have been Sundays where I have stood up here and I have spoken in such a way that people left and got and thought, man, that was a good message. And I went, that was garbage. Because I knew that the Holy Spirit, I wasn't, I wasn't prayed up. I wasn't ready the way that I like to be ready. 
And so people can leave on a Sunday and go, and that was, that was a good Sunday. I don't want that. I don't want that anymore. That's not my desire. What I desire is that when people come on a Sunday morning, they have an encounter with Jesus, they have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and it leaves them transformed so that they not have only heard of, but they now know. They get filled with peace. That's not understandable. They walk out feeling more confident because of the authority and power that has been granted to them by the Holy Spirit. They walk out with more freedom than they've ever attained in their entire life because they finally take hold of what Holy Spirit has for them every day. Church, this morning, as I said, we're, worship's going to be a little more extended at the end here. It's not just going to be one song and I'm ending earlier on my sermon on purpose. Because I want you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So all that really means, it might just be a simple change of prayer for you. You might always say, you might always pray to God, which is good. Always pray to God, right? Just talk to Holy Spirit. And whatever it is for you. Holy Spirit, I've been overwhelmed and I need peace. Would you fill me today, Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, I am frustrated and angry at this situation. Would you lead me, Holy Spirit, and guide me in this season? Holy Spirit, I you know, because you've seen, because you're in me, and you know that I, I've been messing up time and time again, and I, I need that freedom. So would you, would you empower me to walk in freedom each day? That's what we're going to do. So I'm going to pray. And the response is yours. You've now heard of Holy Spirit. But now's your time to get to know Holy Spirit. So, Jesus, as we sing these songs of reflection, God, I pray that less people are singing and more are praying to you, Holy Spirit, asking you to transform us from the inside out. Maybe it begins with singing as we get more comfortable. God, maybe we come to an altar and kneel in isolation and just spend time with you. But God, may we decide today with boldness that I'm tired of just knowing about you. And I want to know you. In Jesus' name.